Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I'm addressing President Biden. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Create a no-fly zone. A no-fly zone is escalatory and could prompt a war with Russia, a major nuclear power. Inflation. Vladimir Putin is not the cause of this rampant inflation. This is all on Joe Biden. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Wednesday. Ukrainian President Zelensky spoke to a joint session of Congress this morning and uh, once again pleaded for a no-fly zone. That's not going to go anywhere. But, you know, you ask for the moon and maybe you'll get halfway there. Quote, I have the honor to greet you on behalf of the brave Ukrainian people who for eight years have been resisting Russian aggression, Zelensky said after being introduced to a standing ovation. Right now, the destiny of our country is being decided, the destiny of our people, whether the Ukrainians will be free. We haven't even thought about giving up for a second, he said. For weeks, Zelensky has asked the United States and Europe for a no-fly zone. Russia is the source of death for thousands of people. Russians have fired a thousand missiles at Ukraine. This is a terror Europe has not seen in 80 years. We're asking for a response to this terror. Is it too much to ask for a no-fly zone, a humanitarian no-fly zone? Is it too much to ask? You know what kind of defense systems we need. The um, President Zelensky also made some overtures to uh, Joe Biden to, uh, hey, how about showing some leadership? Perhaps the most moving part of his presentation, he showed Congress a video. I'm sure have they've used this video to, I mean, they, he talked to the Canadian Parliament earlier this week. I'm sure they showed it to them as well. But uh, if you haven't seen the video, go online and Google it. It's, uh, it's, it is moving. And obviously that what it is what it was intended to do. But um, he asked the people to watch this video, and it just shows the before and after. It shows cities like Kiev as a very, very pretty city and uh, much to enjoy in the city of Kiev. Prior to the invasion, they show before and after pictures, and it is absolutely devastating. And the hundreds of people who have lost their lives and the hundreds of children who have been injured or lost their lives, uh, it was impactful. So we'll see what the results are. Joe Biden today said uh, the U.S. is sending more anti-aircraft, anti-armor weapons, and drones to Ukraine to assist in its defense. The president's comments came as he formally announced his administration was sending an additional $800 million in military assistance to Ukraine, making a total of $2 billion in such aid sent to Kyiv since Biden took office more than a year ago. About a billion in aid has been sent just in the last week. We're going to give Ukraine the arms to fight and defend themselves through all the difficult days ahead, Biden said. Here's what Joe Biden said as he signed off on the $800 million package. Cut one. What I'm signing here is a delegation authority under Section 506A1 of the Foreign Assistance Act of 1961, translated into plain English. 
total of $800 million in defense orders. So you hear the president, uh, well, I'm not going to comment on the MiG jets, the MiG fighter jets, uh, nor did he answer any questions of the press. He simply signed the documents, said what you just heard. That was it. And he literally went shuffling off. And I mean, he literally went shuffling off. Uh, At a time that we need the leadership of Churchill, uh, Neville Chamberlain would look good right now. By the way, the U.S. consulate in Nuva, Laredo, just south of Laredo, Texas, just literally just a few miles from Laredo, Texas, the consulate there was shot up. U.S. consulate in the Mexican border city of uh, Nivo, Laredo, will close temporarily after it was hit by gunfire overnight, trailer set ablaze, after a gang leader's arrest. Reuters reported shots against the consulate and the Mexican military premises were reported to make gunfighting and pursuit in parts of the city that lies opposite of Laredo, Texas, again, just a few miles away. The U.S. consulate advised its employees to stay indoors and urged U.S. citizens to do the same or avoid the area. The consulate will be temporarily closed to the public, the Mexican government said in a statement. Um, Video from the scene shows the area around the U.S. consulate engulfed in flames. Now, why do I bring this into the middle of the uh, stories on Ukraine? Because it's just a stark reminder that while we have sent about $2 billion over to uh, defend Ukraine, could we please be as diligent in the defense of our own borders? I mean, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Could we just defend our own borders? And listen, I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't be helping Ukraine. I mean, if you, if you see what is happening over there, it's stark. But uh, this is a stark reminder that we're being invaded. Could we please, could we please just have as much of a passion for defending our borders as we have for the Ukrainians? I mean, I, I realize that we're, we're not being killed as the Ukrainians are. But if we don't wake up, what lies down the road? By the way, the Fox News correspondent Benjamin Hall was released from the hospital, and apparently he is out of Ukraine right now. He was wounded in the same attack outside of Kiev earlier this week that uh, claimed the lives of a Fox News cameraman and a 24-year-old female Ukrainian journalist. So Benjamin Hall, apparently he was in very serious condition, but he was alive and in good spirits, and he is out of Ukraine now. And I'm sure he will well-deserved time off. He is married with three little girls, coming up on his seventh wedding anniversary this summer. So, uh, yeah, rest up. Getting back to Ukraine, Newsmax is reporting the economic cost of Russia's assault on Ukraine has further exposed how 
they're on thin ice. And uh, they could be on the brink of default, which would be the first international default since the uh, 1917 revolution for, for Russia. Moscow is due to pay $117 million in interest on a $2-denominated sovereign bonds that sold back in 2013, but the limits it's now facing in making the payments and talk from the Kremlin that it might pay in rubles. <laughs> the rubles are basically worthless, triggering a default anyway if they try to pay in rubles. But uh, investment advisors are just sort of guessing at what might happen. Now, if they meet the payments this week, all that does is start a 30-day clock, which means they're not technically going to be in serious default until 30 days. They'll, they'll be in default, but uh, you basically got a 30-day grace period in which you can make it up. But um, it's going to be interesting to see if, and, and the, the reports out of the, quote, peace talks, I guess they're always trying to make it sound more positive than it is. And there's not a lot of uh, information from the peace talks. Maybe that's a good sign. But right now, it appears that the sanctions are working and that uh, in the sense that Russia very well, I mean, so far, now, now one Russian spokesperson has said that the payment was made and now it's up to Washington to verify that it's been made. As of a few minutes ago, no verification that any of these uh, payments have been made. Um, there is one Russian parliament member, Oleg Matvenchev, Matvichev, I guess is how you pronounce it, Matvichev. Uh, he is known as the Kremlin spin doctor. This guy has come out and said uh, that um, the United States needs to pay reparations to Russia. And he's also calling for the return of all Russian properties, those of the Russian Empire, the Soviet Union, and current Russia, which has been seized by the United States. And uh, he is including Alaska, that we're supposed to return to Russia the state of Alaska, despite the fact that Russia sold that territory tor territory uh, back to the United States in 1867 for $7.2 million. The demand also includes a return of a former Russian outpost, Fort Ross, which is north of San Francisco. Uh, Russia sold that in 1840. He also explained that um, Russia really owns Antarctica. <laughs> that Russia, because Russia found the continent, I don't know how they can prove that, but this guy says they found the confidence, so therefore the continent of Antarctica belongs to Russia. Please give it back. I don't know. I don't think anybody actually claims Antarctica's ownership, but, but this guy does. So uh, he's also demanding, now this is good, he's also demanding the return of all medals that have been unlawfully taken from our sportsmen during all Olympic games. 
Uh, it's good to have a little humor come into the uh, the battle. There you go. 561-8255. Who do we got? Let's go to Mark down in Topsail. How are you doing, Mark? Hey, Tom, doing well. Hope you are. I am. Hey, Thank I'm, you, sir. I'm glad to hear that. Real quick, two things. One, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but is there? do you think there's any coincidence between Biden continuing to refuse to give those MiG jets and that list that Putin put out yesterday with the personal sanctions of him, his son, and Hillary? That's number one. I don't think it, I, well. I don't think it has anything to do with the sanctions, but I do think uh, I, I would. I mentioned this yesterday. I, you've got to ask yourself. Um, I think it's one of two things. I think he is um, ha, has been given special favors by uh, some of the nations that are certainly not friendly with the United States, or they've got some barnyard photos of. Uh, and I, I say that figuratively, they've got something on Joe or his family members that <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be highly incriminating and uh, possibly to the point that, I mean, his political career is at its twilight days anyway, but, you know, something that would uh, certainly curb the enthusiasm for a Joe Biden uh, continuing in, in the good graces of even Democrats. I, I think it's one of those two things. I really do. Yeah, I think it's the second one. I agree 100%. The second thing is, you know, during the campaign, you know, as Joe defended his um, his boy Hunter, he, um, he he said in different terms that, you know, Hunter is one of the smartest people he knows. So the fact that, that Hunter made all this money with Burisma Energy, and all, he must have all this vast knowledge, wondering why Joe hasn't brought him on the energy team in the White House to help with our, our, our energy problem. <laughs> well, first of all, he very well might be one of the smartest people that Joe's know, that Joe knows. I mean, that is possible because I don't know how extensive <laughs> Joe's uh, relations are. Uh, but that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, come on, Hunter. Come come in and solve the problems. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Hey, great Love show, it. Tom. Thanks, hey, thanks, appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, thanks for the call, Mark. Call. Do appreciate it. Five six one eight two five five. Let's take a timeout. Lots more to talk about. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk ninety six point three and one zero three seven. Take a quick look at your weather forecast tonight. Showers likely. Low around fifty six. Chance of rain tonight eighty percent. Tomorrow showers, uh, and uh, as the day goes on, we'll see some rain come and go. A high near 72, uh, 60% chance of rain tomorrow. Tomorrow night it clears off and a low around 52. Mostly sunny on Friday with a high near 76, and lots of sunshine on Saturday with a high near 78. Cools down just a little bit on Sunday, but overall, pretty good-looking forecast once we uh, get past the rain of tonight and tomorrow. Stephen Green writes for PJ Media, and he is asking the same question about Nancy Pelosi that I asked the day after the State of the Union address. Don't know if you're listening that day, but uh, the question I asked then was, does Queen Nancy have a drinking problem? Could we get her a sobriety test? Now, if you watch the State of the Union, you've got to know what I'm talking about. I mean, during the State of the Union... 
she had a, a constant goofy grin on her face. She would be jumping up and down. She would be clapping at inopportune times. Uh, the whole thing was r- really bizarre. Well, now Stephen Green asks the question, has Nancy Pelosi been drinking on the job again? Again. <laughs> he says it sure looks that way. Green says, trust me, I know the drinking signs. It's my considered opinion that the San Francisco-based House Speaker is filled to the gills in this clip you're about to hear. Now, he showed the clip. Now, I'm going to play the clip for you in a minute here, but let me say that just hearing the audio doesn't do it justice. I mean, Queen Nancy is flailing her arms. Uh, Her hands are trembling. She has all kinds of strange gyrations, and she's looking off in different directions. She is... uh, And you would think that her staff would have intervened. Now, she is not as uh, gaff-prone as our president is. But I I say this in in dead seriousness, and I think Stephen Green does too. Did Did the Speaker of the House have a liquid breakfast this morning? Now, this was this is her comments after President Zelensky spoke to Congress via Zoom, and uh, she, you know, she the, she's never met a camera yet that she can't start talking and just <laughs> doesn't matter whether it doesn't make any sense or not. So this is Queen Nancy from just a few hours ago after Zelensky addresses Congress. Notice uh, she doesn't sound like she's playing with a full deck. But they know that we can't go there. Uh, the, the, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we co- go in and that's the beginning could be the beginning of world war three uh, putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the geneva Connect convention putin who uh, threatens chem- use of chemical weapons um nuclear and the rest so they know that we can't but it's the ask now he was uh, this morning more let's if we can't have an if we can't have a no-fly zone let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. No, no, we're, no, no. This morning he was less on the on the ask for the um, uh, the policy, more on let us do it, help us get the planes. But also, there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that. That those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military st- strategist. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place, I hope, you ask me how, I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go to Ukraine the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, uh, can backfill for Poland. She's had an excess of something. <laughs> Sounds like she took a sip. <laughs> Speaking of tanks, uh, 40 miles of tanks. I don't think it's 40 miles of tanks, Nancy. I, I, just... I will do anything. <laughs> for a drink. <laughs> That's not an appropriate question for you to ask. <laughs> I mean, she goes on and on and nobody stops her. 
I mean, I'm, I'm go, go look at the video. I'm, I'm, we just played the audio for you, but it's even more stark when you see the video. Um, it was interesting. Tucker Carlson last night said, um, we need steady, wise leaders, but instead we have Nancy Pelosi. Uh, by the way, off of uh, Ukraine, the North State Journal is reporting the Club for Growth, a Washington, D.C. conservative organization, announced it was increasing its spending to boost Ted Budd in the state's competitive 2022 Republican U.S. Senate primary. Club for Growth has already spent $4 million. A report in Breitbart confirmed the group was spending $10 million. Now, I don't know if that's an additional 6 or an additional 10 but either way, $10 million spent by Club for Growth for Ted Budd is more money than any of the candidates have raised. Uh, Club for Growth was, um, they shot with both barrels in their first uh, batch of ads that ran this past fall. It was interesting. As of February 22nd, 27% of Republican primary voters were aware of Trump's endorsement of Ted Budd. Ted Budd is winning in that 27% by 54% to 25% from those that knew he had the endorsement. He is losing by 33% amongst those who are not aware of the endorsement. So Club for Growth says, okay, we've got to get that number from 27%, we've got to get it up to 60% if Ted Budd is going to win. And so as a result, they're going to spend $10 million. We'll see where that goes. So we've got um, Eastman. What is Eastman's first name? Um, she is running. We've got Mark Walker that's running. We've got Pat McCord that's running. And we've got Ted Budd. We've had uh, Ted Budd and Mark Walker. I think Henry had Mark Walker on yesterday. Uh, we will get them back on, and uh, we'll also get uh, – Eastman on as well, who is a, uh, I think she's an army vet and uh, all, well, she sounds pretty conservative. Let me put it that way. 561-8255. Let's go to the phones. We have Barry from Greenville on the line. Hi, Barry. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. Uh, Thank you. I just wanted to ask you a quick question um, about these bio labs. I'm hearing reputable commentators on the news talking about it. I've been to Ukraine half a dozen times. I love the country. It's a beautiful country. It's the architecture there is fantastic. It's just old, old, just a beautiful old Europe uh, country. And um, I'm hearing, like I say, these people talking about, and I've got a relative that's a um, conspiracy therapist, uh, theorist. Uh, I mean, she's full-fledged. And she is actually just just like ecstatic that Ukrainians are dying because Putin is supposedly going into Ukraine to destroy all these bio labs. Uh, just wanted to get your, your feel on that. Uh, like I say, I'm hearing reputable commentators like uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, the ball guy on OAN. Um, what, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, the the, the biolab thing has come out, and Victoria Newland uh, acknowledged that there were some biolabs over there. And uh, we talked about this yesterday. Tulsi Gabbard came out and said, hey, we need to 
see if all sides can step step back because if these bio labs are there and somehow pathogens get out, I mean, it could be a deadly, it could be another coronavirus. To that, Mitt Romney said what she said was treasonous. And yet, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, wait a minute, um, you're accusing her of saying something treasonous when you basically have looked the other way with all the things that the Biden administration has said. But yeah. um, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, I think there is, listen, I would say, you know, when it, when it comes to conspiracy theorists and propaganda, if I said earlier, if, if I was President Zelensky, I would be putting propaganda out there. If my, my country was being bombed, I would want to get the attention. I mean, again, this the video that he played uh, to Congress today, it was about a three-minute video. You can go Google it and watch it. It's, you know, it shows, as you say, the, the beautiful uh, parts of Ukraine and parts of Kiev that, you know, are just gorgeous prior to the invasion. And then he shows video of the same places after they've been blown up. And yeah, that was a propaganda piece in a sense. I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking the guy, but I'm obviously he had a motive in putting that together that he wanted to pull on the heartstrings of people around the world, including an American. Yeah, well, American, you know, and I, I think it worked. I know, um, excuse me, but I, I know um, for sure that things are, are getting blown up. I've got friends over there. They they text me what, what we call Viber. They Viber me all the time and just tell me about what's what's getting blown up and just. Um, uh, actually, several of them have already uh, gone to Poland out of fear. But you know, my opinion is, um, you know, they haven't. When you when you going after bio labs, do you bomb the city? <laughs> I mean, if you bomb the city and the bio lab, doesn't the virus then get out? Well, you would you think, yeah, you would it. think, yeah. I, I, again, I think that's the you know, there's a question mark next to that. Is is it true? Or is it not? Uh, why Mitt Romney would say it's treasonous that Tulsi Gabbard let this information out? <laughs> I, I I don't follow yeah, that logic either. Anyway. But yeah, you know, we, know we've had we, we've had people call this program and say the whole thing is is being faked <laughs> that it's yeah, not actually happening. Yeah. Uh, right. If 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 this is being faked, I guess the moon landing was faked as well. I guess World the War Two perhaps is a fake. That are, there, that are actually there, it is not fake yeah well i'm sure and it's not I'm, I'm here to tell you uh and i got a theory on the uh what's what's wrong with miss pelosi i think they took all the russian vodka to her house and took <laughs> it <off> the <laughs> that's not an appropriate question for you. by the way i'm just curious barry what um what took you to ukraine when you were over there i've got a friend uh that's ukrainian and she kept talking about what a beautiful country it was how how great the food was um and I just said, well, hey, you know, I'm a single man. I'm going over. She talked about how beautiful the ladies were over there. And I, I just ended up uh, deciding one one summer to go. Okay. And I loved it. The food was delicious. I mean, I, I toured Kiev. And uh, when I went back, you know, later, I, I toured other cities like uh, Kharkiv and uh, Lviv. And um, I never, I've never been to Odessa, but... I would recommend recommend anybody to go there, and it's just uh, it's it's old Europe. The, the cost, because it's not you know it's it's close to being a third world country. It's very cheap to go there. You can stay right in the center of Kiev for like four hundred dollars a week in a very wow. nice apartment. Wow. And, 
and the restaurant, the cook, the meals. I mean, it's like it's got a kind of a French twist to it, a French-Russian combination. To, as far as I'm concerned, it's just delicious. Was it pretty pretty common to run into people that could speak English? Oh yeah, yeah. But now I'm I'm um, I'm kind of getting where I speak Russian. I've, I've been taking Russian for the last four years, and uh, no one really speaks in public uh, Ukrainian. They, even the Ukrainians, you know, they're diehard Ukrainian. They still speak Russian. Uh, Zelensky even speaks Russian when he's talking. You know, when he's giving his speech mm-hmm. and everything, which I heard this morning. But if you 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 uh, know you're Russian, then you're fine. Um, and you can run into a lot of people that know English um, enough to, you know, you don't know any Russian yeah. and you get by. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. Hey, Barry, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I think you're right on Pelosi. I think it probably uh, they delivered the vodka to her house. <laughs> five six one eight two five five. Marjorie Eastman. That's who you're saying, right? Yeah. Marjorie is is the other um, candidate for U.S. Senate. Sorry, Marjorie. I I know I should have remembered that. Uh, let's go to Nathan. Hey, Nathan, how are you, sir? What's going on? I think Nancy was trying to have some of them leftover crack pipes. They ain't give away <laughs> That's yet. That's an appropriate question for you to ask. <laughs> Could be. Old Nancy. Yes, sir. All right. Is that it? That's it. Just the crack pipe. All right. There you go. Short and sweet. Good I like morning. that, Nathan. Very Sunday good. Sunday morning. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and take a time out. This uh, program's getting a little weird. 561-8255. You want to join us? We'll be right back. <laughs> News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. So a Texas resident by the name of Candace Metz has uh, posted a video on social media showing more than a dozen Tesla cars wrapped around a parking lot is on Interstate 10, just off Interstate 10 in Lake Charles, Louisiana. She said, posted to the uh, website or posted to uh, social media, yesterday I was in Louisiana along I-10. I stopped to get gas and I noticed a line of cars waiting. Come to find out it was a line of Teslas waiting their turn to charge up. Curious. I pulled over and asked the guy how long it took to charge. He said, normally 12 minutes, but these stations are running slow due to demand. So it's over an hour per car. The line of cars, 12 cars long. (laughs) So uh, if you're the 12th car in line, you're going to be sitting there for 12 hours. So tell me again how good these electric cars are. Now, I know, okay, well, that's the reason why I got to have more charging stations. Uh, right now, uh, you probably, even though you're paying for gas, at least you can get there, right? Uh, also, speaking of cars, interesting story in the Carolina Journal. Greenville, Raleigh, Fayetteville, and Wilmington all have red light camera enforcement systems. 
a court decision came down this week from an appeals court, North Carolina Court of Appeals, that Greenville, now so far, I mean, this has got to affect these other cities, but that Greenville's red light program failed to turn over enough of its proceeds to the Pitt County school system. Now, these automatic red lights, you, you, you run a red light, you get a ticket in the mail, you get fined 100 bucks. 90% of that $100 is supposed to go to the school system. Well, the truth of the matter is $35 of it goes to the company that runs the entire system, which is some company out in Arizona. The, uh, when a Greenville driver runs a red light, $100 penalty, Article 9, Section 7 of the state constitution kicks in. The fines and forfeitures clause declares that the clear proceeds of that penalty must head to the schools. State defines clear proceeds as at least at least 90%. Well, the truth of the matter is this uh, Arizona-based American Traffic Solutions, which manages the red light camera program, charges Greenville $31.85 for every citation. Now, Greenville tried to say, well, it's legal because we give 90%. We send $90 to the schools right off the top. And what happens then is this ATS group out of Arizona, they turn around and they bill the schools for their $35 and some odd cents, $31.85. They bill the schools that. Well, you add it up, and at the end of the day, that means, okay, the the schools are not getting anywhere close to 90%. The Court of Appeals has said, what you're doing is illegal. So they've either got to refigure and get 90% over to the schools, clear, in other words, no more kickback to the folks in Arizona. At least if there's kickback, it's got to be less than 10%. I don't think the people in Arizona are going to go for that. But otherwise, you have to shut it down. Now, I've always I thought this was good that they might shut it down. The reason why I say that is I, I'm not for people running red lights. I'm not for people speeding and et cetera, et cetera. But here's the problem. You have no recourse. You, I mean, if you've ever gotten one of these tickets, you either pay it or you're going to end up having points put on your license. And I guess eventually they would take away your license or you would lose your insurance. But there's no recourse when you get one of these tickets. I mean, if, if you have an officer pull you over and write you a ticket, you have an opportunity to go to court to plead your case. Yes, officer, I was speeding, but because I was taking my wife to the hospital, she was having a baby. Okay, case closed. No deal. I mean, no no, no penalty. The guy gets off. With, with these, there was no recourse. I'm sort of glad to see this happen, to tell you the truth. I just, I, the whole idea that, uh, okay, we caught you and you're guilty and you have no opportunity to plead your case. 561-8255. Let's go back to the phones. We have Brent from Greenville on the line. Hey, Brent. Hey, Tom, uh, three quick things. Uh, the first one was, I don't just think Nancy is drinking her breakfast. I think she has severe dementia. Uh, I was telling, uh, to answer your phone that my mother died 13 years or so ago with Alzheimer's, and 
and she showed all those same signs, and she didn't drink a drop of alcohol her entire hmm. life. Uh, that's the one thing. Second thing, the people with the electric cars, not only are you going to be in line for that long, um, apparently they don't realize that unless the cars float, um, isn't those four round things made out of petroleum? Uh, those tires, isn't that uh, oil-based? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oil, petroleum. And, and if the vehicle has pistons and things, moving metal parts, doesn't that have to be lubricated by something? I mean, it, am I the only one who knows these things? Well, an electric car doesn't have pistons. It has batteries. So that, that just but, batteries. But there's plenty of uh, – I mean, I, th- I think the Teslas are pure electric. I don't think they even have – I mean, some of them are hybrids where they have gas and electric, but I think the Teslas are just uh, strictly electric. Uh-huh. And I was going to know about the red light thing, and then I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, I got a ticket uh, turning uh, left – off of Arlington onto Greenville Boulevard, uh, right there, there's the mall and Taco Bell's and all this. Right. And right. I know. I'm sorry. No, no, I just I said I acknowledge. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I got one of those tickets right there, and I know when I was under it, uh, it was yellow, and I was already in the intersection. I couldn't stop and back up. And yes, I just had to pay the hundred dollars or else. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's just it's it's really that's really frustrating. I avoid that intersection now. I don't even I don't even go through it. I'll go to Red Banks and go around to get to work. By the way, on the Nancy Pelosi thing, uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was a story out the first time she was the speaker, when um, when you know the, she was the speaker and then she wasn't. Well, the Air Force came out. There was a story about the amount of liquor because when she was speaker, she would be shuffled back and forth from Washington to San Francisco mm-hmm. in an Air Force plane, a Learjet Air yes. Force plane. That, and no, mm-hmm. no no, cost to her. She could come and go nope. whenever she wanted. And well, it was electric, too. It was an electric uh, plane, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the liquor bill was just through the roof. I mean, the amount of money that they had to stock in this plane to keep Nancy lubricated was... I uh, will do anything. <laughs> for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brent, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Five six one eight two five five. Do we are we do we got all the time? We got one more time out. All right, let's go ahead and take that. Five six one eight two five five. Stay with us. Got a couple of interesting stories uh, concerning some prominent Black Lives Matters leadership. We'll have that when we get back. Shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Black Lives Matter co-founder and trained Marcus, Marcus, Marxist, I'll get it out, Patrice Kohlers. She was the one that resigned from uh, Black Lives Matter because she was uh, making a lot of money off of it and buying a lot of houses. She said she went to visit Juicy Smollett in uh, Chicago, in jail, and um, she now is encouraging people to call the jail and tell them that he should be freed. I take it that um, you're not real well-versed on the judicial system. <laughs> just, just saying. The Boston Globe is reporting Monica Cannon-Grant, a prominent Black Lives Matter activist in Boston, was indicted this past Tuesday on fraud charges by a federal grand jury. Cannon Grant and her husband Clark Grant founded the nonprofit Violence in Boston, and Cannon Grant is a well known BLM activist who rose to prominence in Boston and uh, that basically started the Violence in Boston movement right after George Floyd's death in 2020. 
Canna Grant and her husband were charged in an 18-count federal indictment. They're accused of defrauding donors, lying on a mortgage application, and illegally collecting pandemic-related unemployment funds. How many millions of dollars went down the, the toilet with these un, uh, pandemic-related unemployment funds? I mean, the fraud in that is, is unbelievable, and many, most, will never be caught. In total, the indictment alleges that Cannon Grant and Grant raised more than a million dollars in grants and donations for people in need, but apparently they thought they were the people in need because they pocketed a lot of it. They allegedly concealed the true nature of the transactions while paying for gas, restaurants, personal travel, hotel reservations, nail salon appointments, auto repairs, rideshare services, and, uh, and more. Prosecutors say the defendants presented themselves as uncompensated violence in Boston directors to donors and other charitable institutions, when in reality, they exercise exclusive control over the financial accounts, and uh, they paid for personal expenditures from 2017 through early 2021 and diverted violence in Boston monies to themselves through cash withdrawals, cash checks. Uh, they, they cashed the checks that were written to the organization, uh, wire transfers to their personal bank accounts, debit purchases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, listen, this is, uh, oh, by the way, I, I do need to note this. Cannon Grant addressed the federal investigation in a podcast recorded earlier this month. So apparently she knew it was coming and she blamed, yes, you guessed it, white supremacy for the probe. <laughs> That's a shocker. Uh, listen, this, how many people are, are race baiting their way to the top? And here it is again. And you know what's sad about this is they prey upon certain people that probably couldn't afford to pay, but somehow they believed in the cause. Unbelievable. Yesterday, I told you about uh, the fact that Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, Richard Rachel Levin, the biological man, the ugliest <laughs> transgender on the face of the earth, um, he was included in USA's today's women of woman of the year, women of the year. They had more than just he. Um, here's a fun fact for you though. Admiral Levin is now the second four-star general joining, I guess, I guess, uh, four-star Admiral, uh, yeah, Admiral Levin. Um, she, he is, he is joining general Mark Milley. They are the, uh, they have, <laughs> they both played on the 1975 varsity football team at Massachusetts All-Boy Belmont High School. And uh, this individual won, uh, was named as one of the women of the year by USA Today. By the way, a, a quote from Levin. USA Today, in this article, they asked Levin to uh, give us some advice to transgender, nonconforming, or questioning people. Levin told USA Today to, quote, you have to be true to yourself, and I think that you have to be who you are. <laughs> Both those comments are unbelievable. Here is a biological man who thinks he's a woman, been a man for 54 years, played for the football team in high school, 
now dresses up, grows his hair out. I don't know how often he shaves. But uh, his comment is, you have to be true to yourself. And I think you have to be who you are. By the way, uh, Rachel Richard Levin is not alone. Um, There are a number of other people who are taking away what rightly belongs to women. The Golden Globes Best Actress Award went to an individual by the name of M.J. Rodriguez for the best actress. This best actress is actually a biological male. In New Zealand, the Sportswoman of the Year, that award went to transgender weightlifter Laurel Hubbard, who is a biological male. Jeopardy's winningest female ever, Amy Schneider, biological male. By the way, Schneider's success actually came at the expense of a best-selling LGBT children's author and the Daily Wire's own Matt Walsh. By the way, his LBGT book is um, anti-LGBT. He was suspended from Twitter. Matt Walsh was suspended from Twitter because he merely said that the winningest female ever on Jeopardy is actually a male. Which he's correct. It's a biological male. And Twitter put him in Twitter jail for saying the truth. Uh, Perhaps this is the most bizarre. Nevada's Miss USA in June, a biological male who identifies as a female, Cataluna Enriquez, crowned Miss Nevada USA, becoming the first transgender, first biological male contestant to take the crown, according to the Daily Wire. So there you have it. More and more of all the best women are actually men. But remember, if you are a woman and you want to complain, speak out against this, you will be branded a bigot like Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter's author J.K. Rowling was. This is unbelievable. What a, what a farce. What an absolute farce. And yet we have social media who want to brand these people that speak the truth as bigots. Can't get more bizarre than that. Uh, Up in um, South Dakota, where Mount Rushmore is, they were hoping to have, remember last year they couldn't have the fireworks on the 4th of July because they said it was COVID. Uh, Guess what? This year they can't have it again because they say, well, some Native Americans might take offense at it. Listen, they can come up with all the excuses they want. They're also saying, well, you know, we might have, it could be dangerous. It could hurt the environment. You might have a fire. I mean, are we going to do away with fireworks all over the United States for that? But they can come up with all the excuses they want to come up with. The reason they are not going to allow, the National Park Service said to the state of South Dakota, no to the fireworks at Mount Rushmore. Of course, Mount Rushmore is a national park controlled by the Biden administration. The plain and simple reason they can't have the fireworks is political retribution. Governor Kristi Noem will not kowtow to the progressive left, and this simply is unacceptable. Interestingly, Kristi Noem has taken it to court. We'll see where it goes, but uh, they are blasting the Biden administration and saying uh, they have no right to do this. We'll see where that goes. Thanks for the calls. Thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow. Play a little political trivia. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.